You are tuned into CFCR 90.5 FM. It's time for the nerdy news. It's Punch Radio. And in the studio today, you have Dave and I, and we will hear from Brennan, and we will hear from Hank and Craig a little later as well. We are going to talk a lot about Harley Quinn today because I finally had the opportunity to see the Valentine's Day special that we talked about. It aired on the 9th of this month and uh, yeah, caught up and it was so good, so excited. We've, we've talked on the show about how good the Harley Quinn animated show is, but this was especially delightful. Yeah, we always like it when our favorite series or animated series get one of these little tweeners when it's not part of the season, but you get a little in-between season epic episode that's just sort of a standalone uh, this happened with some of our favorite shows, like the Venture Brothers mm -hmm. had their Gargantua 1 satellite episode. Yeah, they also had a Halloween special. They did, that's they had a right. a Christmas one, too. And those were always kind of in between. When you were waiting for another season to drop, you'd get these sometimes like partway through the wait. And of course, one of our favorite cartoons, Metalocalypse, did this with the Doomstar Requiem at the end of season four or season five, which turned out to be the last thing that Brendan Small ever did with that <sighs> platform, um, but maybe not the last thing he'll ever do. Well, they've promised to make a Metalocalypse movie, a Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie, and a Venture Brothers movie. And just last week, uh, as part of the Venture Brothers 20th anniversary, they put out some stuff, some content, some stills of the work in progress of the new movie. So it is coming. It is happening. That's sort of, that's like an Adult Swim triad. Mm -hmm. Metalocalypse, Venture Brothers, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. All great. Wow. Yeah. So I'm super looking forward to those. But um, back on track, let's talk about Harley Quinn. So like I said, this just came out about two weeks ago, and it is part of the ongoing Harley Quinn animated series, Mecca, which I am absolutely in love with. First season came out in 2019, and we've had three seasons. It is so brilliant. It's written by Justin Halpern and Patrick Shoemaker, and they're really, really funny. They poke a lot of fun at the DC universe, and... You know, DC kind of has a little bit of a reputation of being a bit uptight. That's like, a nice way of saying it. I would say, yeah, sometimes they feel like they have like a stick in their <laughs> in their body. Okay. About certain things. They're very Batman. The, yeah, that 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 actually says it. The whole and maybe that's just why we're thinking that is because we think DC, we think Batman, and then we think about where sticks could go, but that. <laughs> That that is kind of his, you know. He can't he can't laugh at himself, and and Harley Quinn laughs at the whole Gotham universe, and so people who love it and have loved it for a really long time are, are going to have. I, I, this this won't upset anybody. I don't think like it. It's it's making fun of 
something that we really like and given us some laughs with all the little quirks that we've come to know about it. Yeah, definitely like Marvel is better at poking fun at itself, but this shows that DC can do that and then some. The whole series, you know, plays on the tropes. It has fun. It makes fun of itself. Uh, and it's great. And the voice work is amazing. We talked about that a little bit last week, how uh, Kaylee Kuko, who plays uh, Harley, and Lake Bell, who does Ivy, they both tremendous. Because Harley is not an easy voice to listen to a lot, but it, she does it perfectly so that you still love her, no matter what. I don't always love her. I find myself, especially in this Valentine's Day episode... <laughs> I'm sort of, as the romance with Poison Ivy becomes more of a, like, I, I'm getting, I know they want me to do this, and I'm just being baited by the writers, but I get mad at the way she handles herself in the relationship. Well, Harley is impetuous. Yeah. She will just do things on the spur of the moment, and that's kind of the crux of this this Valentine's Day special, is that, as usual, she just wants it to be so great but it has to be the greatest. And so she pulls out all the stops to make sure that it is like the greatest evening ever. And then when it isn't, she, instead of like admitting defeat, she doubles down and then does some other stuff, which has some crazy consequences that are very, very funny and uh, lovable. Okay, so a couple things that I want to mention specifically about sure. the episode. Yeah. There is a moment where Clayface is ripped in twain and he actually both parts of his body are communicating with each other and they kind of fall in love with each other which is like a weird thing because they can't touch because if they touch they'll be reintegrated and he'll just be himself alone again Ooh, it's a valentine's day paradox it's a paradox but in there's a point where yeah, they you perform can say yeah. a duet of shut up your face by Joe Dolce. Now, Joe Dolce, this was a huge hit all over the world in 1980. So this tells you kind of the market that this is being forced at because, like, yeah, young people don't know Shut Up of Your Face. I could maybe see a nine-year-old laughing at it just because it's a funny song. But, yeah, unless you were listening to probably country radio in like 1980 1981 you're probably not going to know what shut up your face is and if you were then you definitely know what it is and and we probably don't have to explain it to you yeah it, it's amazing a lot of people have covered shut up your face <laughs> including krs1 on his album sneak attack and uh, on the Jonathan Ross show, he had Samuel Jackson on as a guest, and he performed it as a uh, dramatic reading. Yeah. Yeah, look that one up. Definitely, both of those clips are on YouTube, and you want to also look up the original. There's a live-ish performance on Musikladen, which is a German video, music, sort of top-of-the-pops type show. So you can check those out there. Um, the other thing that I really liked about the episode is that they interspersed the action of the plot with these little, like, duo interviews a la Moonstruck, which is a very romantic movie. Yeah. Um, just couples talking about how they got together. So you have Aquaman and Mera and, you know, some others. And it's just, it's, it's charming. It's really fun. 
Yeah, I, I knew something was being parodied, and so I asked you what it was, and you pulled Boom right away. Yeah. And I would not have, I would not have got there. But I knew watching it that, you know, something, again, something like 30-plus years old was being, like, kind of whipped into the mix of the Harley Quinn Valentine's Day special. Yeah, well done. Uh, directed by Cecilia Aronovich and Jennifer Coyle. They did an awesome job. And, of course, Harley Quinn invented by Paul Dini and Bruce Tim back in 1992. She was meant to be a one-off, like just a one-off episode as sort of like, you know, the female henchman to Joker, and that was in Batman the Animated Series, and everybody loved her. And I think she's, like, probably the most successful, like, modern yeah. DC character. Like, 90s as far as... and post-90s. I don't think they've come up with another character that's been merged, and certainly not one that's been given her own series. Uh, she's the first villain to be given her own animated series. That That, you know, that's... That's something they've never really done before. Well, and movies. I mean, she's the head of the Suicide Squad. She's like Birds of Prey and her own movies. Like, and she sells, she moves a lot of merch. Yeah, and like we said, this, is a, this animated series is a comedy. So that's something DC's never really done before because of the sticks and things that we were talking <laughs> about. But also this is, we should say, like, and we have said it before on this show. This, this is not really a show for kids. And this Valentine's Day special ma makes sure that <laughs> like, you, you should definitely be watching this after bedtime. It's there, there sexy. Are, there, yeah, it's sexy. There are nude scenes in it. There's like strategic placement of, of objects in certain scenes. And then sometimes they just have to blur stuff. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, even though this is a show that's on HBO Max, it's now three seasons deep with a with a, a lengthy special, and it's been greenlit for a fourth season. It has. So I, I really feel like, you know, if you could get these on Blu-ray for, like, less than a price of an HBO Max subscription, that, that would be a sound investment. We've watched these more than once, and uh, we have a lot of good laughs when we Harley Quinn. They're brilliant. They're really, really funny, and I will continue to rewatch them again and again. So, okay. I think we can leave it there. So, let's throw things over now to Hank and Craig, and then we'll hear from Brennan, and that'll probably wrap things up for the episode. If we have time, we'll give you a little shut up in your face. So, take it away, fellas. Hey, everybody. It's Craig Silliphant here on Punch Radio on CFCR 90.5. FM, and I'm joined, as always, by my good buddy, Hank Cruz. Yay! But Hank, but wait. I'm just, but wait, there's more. I, but wait, there's more. I'm just, I'm less excited this to see you this week. This only. Because we have a special guest, Mike Fisher, from Fisher Hello. Cruise and Hello. many other uh, endeavors. Mike's the only requirement to be uh, hanging out with us is that you have to have the same haircut as Craig and right. I. So you're in. Okay, you That's met true. all the qualifications. That's <laughs> true. We are all very aerodynamic with our shaved yeah. heads. Uh, so we got a few things to talk about this week. Um, why don't we? Why don't we start with Hogwarts, and then we'll get into TV and movies a little bit. 
Tell me of Hogwarts. The reason why the reason why I haven't got into TV and movies over the last little while is because of this Hogwarts game that came out. I don't know if you heard about it, but if you're a fan of Harry Potter, you got to play the game. Um, I've spent lots of my time just casting spells everywhere, and then I got a broom last night, and then I've been flying around in my broom, and it's like the best game that I have played in a very long, probably since uh, what was that Assassin's Creed game? Uh, yeah, Valhalla. Valhalla. Yeah, yeah, very in-depth. Um, I'm loving every second of it. And I haven't had a chance to really watch anything because I've been playing this game. And I feel that I live in there now. And my character's name is Hanks Stormchaser. So instead of Tonks, right, I went Hanks. So I decided the S on there. So Hanks Stormchaser, she is the coolest character in the show. Got nice, like, kind of silvery gray, wispy hair. And the outfit she's wearing right now is like kick ass. You need to play the game. Everybody, stop listening to us. Go get the game. There so you go. is this uh, is this game like meant to be for all ages? Or are you playing like a children's game, or is it an adult game? Or I would say that age is probably what you've played it, Mike. Like, yeah, like twelve and up. Or yeah, something. yeah, twelve and up. It's yeah, yeah, and it's very like there's lots of Easter eggs for Harry Potter fans, and actually, it's been nice to play it and just try to avoid the online you know discussion about jk and all that stuff right. and whatever like we you know i i know that can complicated but we just love harry potter the books the you know so it's fun to live in that world for a little and bit. you've got the run of hogwarts you can go wherever you want it's like the quit and you're in hogsmeade and you're doing it like oh it is so cool yeah so it's Hopefully pretty open harry world potter. but yeah. then there's like a story also going on i like i've obviously heard of this game but i just i have i don't know well, the mechanics main, of it at all. Uh, story where there's uh uh the trolls are starting to get some uh or goblins sorry goblins, goblins yeah. are uh, starting to uh go after this uh old school magic that they've never been able to wield before because they want to take over. Bum, bum, bum. But now it's up to Hank Stormchaser to <laughs> save the day. So I'm going to save the day. Yeah. Okay, well, that sounds yeah. exciting. I, oh, I look yeah. forward to your YouTube channel where you just show footage. Oh, you wait. And then you can watch me play the game. It's exciting. Yeah, Everybody which does. I don't like, but you know, my son would like that, just watching other people well, play video games. Sounds exciting to him. Speaking uh, of my son, guess what? He ditched me to go with Mike to see this uh, Ant-Man movie you guys want to talk about. Can you believe what? it? He ditched me. Yeah. Uh, well, I yeah. don't Maybe, maybe I can believe I'm gonna it. I'm going to go with know. Mike. I'm not going like to sit at home and watch you play Harry Potter. Hank's, Hank's the old. Mike's the new. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your new dad now. Yeah. Uh, so, dudes, maybe you want to tell me about uh, this Ant-Man movie that I didn't go to. Was it good? Uh, so, okay, let me set it up a little bit. So, we got, like, uh, this is the third movie, obviously. Not the third time we've seen Ant-Man in a movie, but... Uh, and the first two movies, I guess, were like a little more heist based. Uh, in fact, the first one was like Marvel's heist movie, really. Uh, whereas this one is, you know, more about the the quantum realm. So they shrink down so small, they're in a whole nother like dimension, basically. Uh, and I would say like, I would call it more of like a space opera, even though it's not in outer space in line with like Star Wars or Dune or something. Not maybe not as esoteric as Dune by far. I... I actually quite enjoyed it. Like, uh, I know it's not been getting great reviews, uh, and I wouldn't say it like, you know, did it need to exist? Absolutely not. But, you know, I, I always find these Ant-Man movies to be good, like, palate cleansers, uh, especially after the excess of, like, a big Avengers crossover event or something, and then you just got, like, a simple Ant-Man adventure. This one was a little bit more complex and crazy than that. I think it was probably the weirdest Marvel movie 
uh, perhaps neck and neck with like uh, the doc last Doctor Strange one there, the Multiverse of Madness. But uh, that one you kind of expect to be weird. This one you didn't expect to be as weird. So I sort of enjoyed that about it. Uh, I have other thoughts, but what did you think, Mike? Yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that because I've been seeing a lot of hate for it. And I, I thought it was a lot of fun. And yeah. honestly, I to be fair, I have a really low bar for the MCU now. Like I didn't love Wakanda forever and Doctor Strange. Like the last, this whole phase hasn't really done much for me, but um, I just had fun with it. It was funny. I always, I'm a big fan of Paul Rudd. I think he can kind of carry the movie just on his own uh, delivery and performance. Uh, I thought they, they kind of biffed Cassie a little bit. Like to, to sit across from her dad, be like, what have you done lately though? Besides save half the planet. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit like, okay, like, all right. But yeah, it was just a lot of fun. I enjoyed like how goofy it was without going into Thor Love and Thunder goofiness. Yes. Uh, like it's still maintained. And the real high spot for me was uh, Kang. I just think Jonathan Majors has got some major stuff going on there. And I'm really excited to see where that goes for the first time since Thanos having a villain that I like. I agree. In fact, even seeing him on Loki, I was like, okay, whatever. The guy's obviously a good actor, but I wasn't too excited about, okay, here's our next. It's again, we were talking about Walking Dead before we started here. And it's like every season you got the new bag. Okay, this is going to be the new one. But uh, I didn't necessarily feel this after watching Loki, but after watching Quantumania, like you're right that Jonathan Majors is like, uh, he's amazing. And just even the Kang that he embodied in this movie you know, it's this like violent, uh, horrible killer of worlds, but he was just so like calm and, you know, just, just the way he plays against all the like mustache twirling villainy was really good. Yeah. Like it's really understated, which is nice in, this, in that, in the, in that universe. I, I do worry that like the multiverse opens things up too much and it can get probably too messy, but if they can keep that contained, I think it'll be a really fun ride to see where they go with that character. Yeah, and it, I gotta say, like, as much as I did like the movie uh, and Kang, like, I am, I'm, I'm already, like, let, like, set superhero fatigue aside because I think that's a bit of BS in the sense that if if you keep telling good stories, it's there's not gonna be fatigue. But I think it's when they don't tell enough good stories and they keep pumping out so much mediocre stuff that you start getting fatigue for a genre. But I'm fatigued with the multiverse thing already, and it started before Spider Man. Uh, whatever the, the, was it No Way Home, Third Way Home? Way Third Way Home. Home. <laughs> the one with the, all three Spider-Mans <laughs> in it. And then, of course, we've got this Flash movie coming, which is a good idea if they're going to reset the whole, like, universe and 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 sort of reminds you of, like, Flashpoint or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know if I can sit through a whole phase of this, like, multiverse stuff coming forward. Yeah, it's just too, too messy when anything can be undone or, you know, you kill one character, but there's an infinite amount of that character through other multi like through the multiverse. Yeah, it's sort of like the, the problem with the Flash when you can just run around the world and make it undo or undo everything. It doesn't really work. But by far, I have to say that by far the best part of the movie is uh, Hank's son came with me and we're driving home and he's like, hey, hey, Mike, it, when Ant-Man's really big, what do you think would happen if he farted? <laughs> and i was like that's that's I, the way a nine-year-old can think i just i wish i could go back to that because i was like that's the ultimate weapon you know we're just making jokes about like this which would be worse the sound or the or, or the smell like right. you know that sort of thing and well, then another uh, friend of ours had a good well another friend of ours said well it would stay in the suit and probably kill him <laughs> so, yeah, like, good point. That was, <laughs> that's a good, good point it's like yeah. uh it's not actually like uh jonathan swift gulliver's travels has like a lot of those gags in it where he's giant and he meets the lilliputians and like a lot of it is a lot more uh scatologically based than you would think uh, anyway we got about a minute left here uh let's quickly pivot over to picard 
So Picard season three, episode one aired. They finally threw away uh, 80% of the old crew and they're like doing what they probably should have done in the first place, which is just give us our Star Trek, the next generation nostalgia show while they still can. Uh, we've only been wandered into it a little bit so far, but we've already got Riker and, and some other characters uh, on the show. Uh, what did you guys think of this one? I loved every second of it. It looks great. Everybody's back. Next Generation is my favorite, of course. Picard, my favorite captain. And now he's doing what he does best. Oh, yes. More, please. A lot yeah. more. Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, we've only seen one episode. And we we have seen this team screw up this show before, where they kind of start strong, and then they kind of go in too many weird directions. And uh, But hopefully, they can uh, keep it consistent. Mike, any thoughts about Picard? Yeah, I agree. I think it's a lot of fun. Hopefully, they just kind of keep doing what they're doing, because it's... I've never had a show in the last few years that has disappointed me as much that I that I had high hopes for as Picard, you know? Yeah. So it's nice to see them course correcting, even though you don't always want to answer the fans, but in this case, I think it's I think it's a smart decision. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you know, as they said in the last episode of Next Generation, if if uh Jean-Luc Picard wants to go off on one last adventure, then we do it, right? So uh, that's our yeah. time for today that we got to throw back to Jody here. So thanks, Mike Fisher, for joining uh, Hank and I today. And we will uh, catch you all next week. Hello, Punch listeners. It is Brendan here once again with some suggestions for things that you should be checking out in your very near future. Now, I feel like recently I've been doing kind of more and more disclaimers when I keep saying, I really want to keep talking about comics. However, I have something else to talk about today. Now, at least my last episode, I talked about some books that I found. Um, if you didn't check that one out, uh, I have a nice little section on Jack Kerouac and a couple of really cool pieces of literature I found. Go check that one out. But today I find I'm going to switch gears just a little bit. Um, between massive amount of homework, working on my play, uh, lots of other projects, uh, I'm finding taking the time to read is becoming less and less. So instead, I'm finding things to listen to or watch while I'm doing other things. So I'm going to give you a very quick list of some of the favorite things that I like to listen to or watch kind of while I'm doing other activities. Now, but what I mean by watch kind of is that it's something on the background, something that I can actually stop and look at for a few seconds, or I cannot look at at all and at least know what's going on. That's what documentaries are good for. Well, at least documentaries with a lot of talking. Sometimes I find documentaries that have a lot of footage and background music and because you're not watching, you don't know what's going on. But this is not that list. So here are things that you can listen to to create some good study habits or distract you while you're organizing your room, which I've also been doing. Uh, number one, I like a lot of different types of music. I really love to get up in the morning, put on some like old school ska, maybe the specials, make some coffee. Uh, I'll put on some Buddy Rich just to create a mood for the day. But I find if I have to do any type of studying or homework or schoolwork, if it's too exciting and the lyrics are too good, I just get distracted. So I need something that's a bit more ambient, maybe a bit more esoteric. Working on an assignment, I came across a piece of music by John Cage entitled Eight from 1991. Yes, only one song, but here's why I suggest it. It is an hour long. So John Cage did a series of works um, from one to 108, and the number expresses the amount of instruments that are involved in that song. If you don't know, John Cage is a famous contemporary composer known for using silence and new modern composition techniques. In this piece, every player has a time bracket, which is a note with a time on it, and they play that note between that time. So it could be, let's say it's, it goes from zero to 10 seconds. They can do whatever they want with that note in that 10 seconds and then have to switch to the next note. 
It is an hour of droning ambient music with a saxophone and a bassoon and a horn and a tenor trombone and a tuba. Uh, it is great if you just want something to fill up your oral space with sound as you're working on something else. Medeski Martin and Wood, always great for that. The Dropper, probably my favorite record from them for working. Uh, the reason they called it The Dropper was because it was such a far outside jazz record. They thought that Blue Note, their label, was going to drop them. Um, but they released it anyway. It is wonderful for doing work too. It's got their Martin Medeski kind of groovy funk to it, but at the same time, really kind of chaotic. It has some amazing organ parts with like crashing cymbals and then goes into slow ambient sections. Uh, definitely check out that. Actually, any Medeski Martin Wood record without lyrics is good to work for, but that's probably my favorite one. YouTube! Believe it or not, I've been watching way more YouTube than I ever thought I'd admit to, but here I am. Uh, number one, the Illuminati. So this is a really, really dense episodes that is actually a podcast as well. And the Illuminati talks about corrupt businesses, uh, cults, uh, people struggling with MLMs where the MLM company is really corrupt, uh, social issues, super well researched, tons of detail with a little bit of, you know, the Illuminati's own humor in there. Uh, Illuminati, by the way, N-A-U-G-H-T-Y, just to kind of give, give you a point of reference there. Really good. I'll watch it on YouTube. It's also a podcast. And because it's all just, it's like someone telling you a big story. So I can listen to it, learn some really interesting things about people making bad decisions, and I super, super enjoy it. On the lighter side, I just came across Jenny Nicholson. And the reason I came across this, there is a church outside of Winnipeg, a Church of the Rock, that every year does these Easter plays where they do a spoof on contemporary musicals or a movie and make an Easter production out of it. They're all on film and they're all available. And she sits down and she goes through each one of them and talks about them. It's about an hour and a half long discussing these church musicals. Now, usually if it's much more than a half an hour, I drop out. But her analysis is really interesting. It's quite humorous. She went through all of them and goes into great detail about what she likes about each one of them and what she didn't. It was, for me, really good to listen to. Again, while I'm like cleaning my room, which you may have noticed I've been doing quite a bit because I mentioned it, and doing other work. She does one, which is Everything Wrong with Rise of Skywalker, which I realize at this point is already dated, but I can't wait to see that one. So if you do some work, if you need something to do, something to listen to while you're doing other things, those are a few good suggestions for you. I hope that helps you out being productive and getting things done. And in the meantime, I'll talk to you soon, Saskatoon. All right. Thanks, guys. And that is the end of Punch Radio for another week. You know where to find us here every Friday on CFCR 90.5 FM. In the meantime. Shoot the pool, Giuseppe, from the Flunker School. That's my mama, talk a little But to make me sick of the thing I gotta do, I can't get the no kicks, got to follow stupid rules. But to make me sick, just to make a lousy box, not to feel like a fool. That's right, mama, you tell oh, what's the matter, you? Hey, got no respect. What do you think you do? Why you look so sad? It's a not so bad. It's a nicer place. Ah, shut up in your face. That's my mama. Big accordion solo. Hey, hey, hey. 
a brand new car, but still I be myself. I never change a thing. Always love to dance and to sing. I think about the mama. She said, What's the matter, you? It's a not so bad, it's a nicer place, I shut up your face. 